WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Again, uh, just a, a pile load of, of stories related to uh, both uh, the Rod Rosenstein saga and what may happen Thursday, but also, of course, embattled U.S. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, the president today, uh, saying that Democrats are playing a con game with sexual misconduct accusations against Judge Kavanaugh. And joining us live, a familiar voice on our airwaves and also on Philadelphia and Lancaster TV, Delaware Valley political analyst and pollster Dr. Terry Madonna, director of the Franklin and Marshall uh, College Poll, director of the Center for Politics and Public Affairs, Franklin and Marshall College. Honestly, Terry, I don't know which one you want to take up first here there are these revolving uh, uh political right. firestorms of what strikes you today well i mean what strikes me is that we're really going to have to see if dr ford actually does testify on thursday i mean her folks have agreed to the testimony uh, we'll have to wait and see uh you we can't be sure that it'll take place plus the republicans have announced as you probably know that they're going to move ahead and try to have a floor vote next monday or tuesday in the United States Senate to confirm uh, Kavanaugh. So the attempts to delay, for whatever reasons, uh, don't seem to be working, and we're going to have to wait and see if uh, a handful of Democrats uh, who are embattled uh, because they are running in districts that Donald Trump won in 2016 end up voting for Kavanaugh or not. So there's a lot of unanswered questions out there. But the drama continues, and uh, 2,000 lawyers, 70-some, uh, I think, from my state, sent a letter, women lawyers, in support of Dr. Ford. So it's just picking up momentum. It's not declining. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's ironic uh, that in your state, Pennsylvania, we have now the sentencing of Bill Cosby, and Bill Cosby's publicist says Cosby's trial was racist, accuses the women of making money uh, off accusing, in this case, African-American men. I mean, take your pick, whether it be conservative versus liberal, right. men versus women, white versus black. It just seems it, it's constant uh, collision. Yeah. But now along these yeah. Me Too lines. No, you're absolutely right. And what's going on is not only do you have the situation as you described, but you have this incredible polarization that's going on where the sides line up you know democrats uh, every member of the senate judiciary committee democratic members said they're not going to vote for kavanaugh so what goes on between now and the vote in the committee in some respects is has no relevance i mean has huge relevance obviously for dr ford and her day before the committee but it's not going to change a single democratic mind Bottom line is the polarization is so great, all of these issues are, you know, have huge political overtones to them, and they just draw support based on politics, based on polarization, and based on partisanship. And meanwhile, President Trump delivering a speech to the U.N., muscular America first, and uh, the audience, at least some of the delegates, laugh at him. That could be a first for a leader addressing the U.N. That's going to be the subject for our next guest. But thanks for joining us, Terry. My pleasure. Thanks, as always. Yes, sir. And uh, bring in CBS News military analyst, retired Army Major, 
Mike Lyons. And Mike, uh, I think probably a, a, a masterful delivery of uh, kind of the Trump foreign policy doctrine, which is America first and uh, nations have the right to determine their own interests and uh, d- don't want any global interference in U.S. affairs. Nonetheless, uh, we're not going to judge other countries anymore so much for human rights. But I guess it's going to be the laughter at the president that will be the the headline or the lasting moment from this today. Likely, uh, I think uh, that was just the beginning, but he laid out very specifically this American first foreign policy, this one of patriotism that I, you know, it's two years now and, and there's many people still kind of choking on it because they just, it's just so opposite of, you know, what the experts have done uh, to the United States over the last eight years in the Obama administration and how Donald Trump has reversed that uh, completely and turned it on its head. Um, and he switched, obviously, with the thoughts about the South Korean, uh, North Korean leader as well. You know, last year calling him Little Rocket Man, to this year being much more nice to him. I mean, isn't there kind of a a stark inconsistency in that the North Koreans are far from abandoning their nuclear ambitions, uh, but all of a sudden no more Rocket Man, but of course a massive uh, tirade against the Iranians? Well, and the talking point on the North Koreans is that they're not um, testing any nuclear missiles or yes. other missile systems. I think that's the, that's what we're that's that's a concession. I don't know how much that really is. And you'll see now the flip towards the Iranians. I think it's about to get them to make a deal. This is how Donald Trump works. He's got to create a market in his mind, and he can't you know get them to the table any other way. And he, I think, he wants to do a deal. In fact, I think some in his administration are concerned that he's going to do a bad deal like the one Obama did on some level. So, well, I mean, I mean, not to be cynical about it, but what if Obama had not reached a deal along with the other powers on uh, Iran? Then uh, Trump would be trying to do a deal with Iran? Right. I think he would have, and it's all about their nuclear capability. He has Israel involved with it as well. Um, the problem is you have kind of the Obama bros still selling that previous deal, but it's gone now. There's nothing to be done about it. The Iranians claim that they're still abiding by it. Um, what, that, that really remains to be happening. You mentioned Israel, and I, I realize I'm getting off on a side issue here, but uh, I wonder if you uh, had heard the story. Russians are, are backing the Syrians on their missile capability, and so much for Netanyahu, best buds with Putin. Uh, I, the Israelis seem to be trying to uh, create a, a special relationship with Russia, and I guess uh-huh. you could argue it's fallen on its face. Yeah, and, and I think that whole situation goes down with some guyly Israeli pilots basically uh, know what they're doing, and you lay over Syrian operators on the air defense side, have no idea what they're doing, and you have the tragedy that happens there. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to ever see that, but um, now it looks like that with the Russians shipping the advanced missile capability to Syria, um, you could have a hot war start again with, uh, with Israel if they decide to go after them, especially if they cross their border. And we get to, well, what does uh, President Trump, well, what can he do about it? I, I guess nothing, really. And, uh, Not, no. No. Nothing. There were no troops there. That, again, the die was cast on Syria 2011-2012 when we let the Russians back in to do chemical weapons. You can ask John Kerry when he's on his book tour what to do about it, because well, that, that, that administration is clearly to blame for well, that. Well, speaking of uh, John Kerry, what, what do you make of uh, the former Secretary of State dealing with the Iranians at some uh-huh. level? Yeah, I, I, it's just, again, unfathomable that uh, you have the former Secretary of State basically telling uh, an enemy of the United States just kind of wait out until this guy is out of power. I, it's just without recourse. I mean, that, that to me is, you know, there's no, and we're in a rage society right now. Everyone's outraged at everything. I was listening to your previous segment. and and But right now, I mean, where's their responsibility and accountability for that? They were concerned about 
Donald Trump having a meeting in Trump Tower with a bunch of Russians getting dirt on Hillary Clinton, that's one thing. This is him, a former Secretary of State, with the relationship he has with the Iranian leadership, deciding that uh, he's telling them, giving them advice, just to kind of wait things out. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're well, the well, it's our time. Back to the President's uh, right. UN speech. Uh, I mean, it seems to be, uh, don't mess with us. We'll probably not mess with you, unless you're a mm-hmm. socialist country we despise, like Venezuela. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the Trump doctrine that uh, the world mm-hmm. is made better by each country pursuing its own interests. And, of course, I guess part of the rebuttal would be, but after World War II and the lessons of World War I and II, it is because of America's own interests that we began this multilateralism of NATO and European right. trade and uh, uh, defense frameworks, even in the old days, CEDO. Right. Well, the problem is that whole theory of binding these nations economically, at least on the European continent, did keep the world at bay and the Western world from war. Uh, but you still have the same threat from Russia and China. China doesn't compete fairly on the world economy in terms of their trade. From a military perspective, they're building up uh, military assets in the South China Sea. Right. And you just mentioned a good point about the Monroe Doctrine. I think he, he reminded everybody of that. Don't come to our hemisphere and don't mess with us here because that's someplace we'll definitely get involved as well. Although, interesting, I mean, we uh, pile on uh, the uh, socialists uh, with the obviously messed up uh, governance in, in Venezuela, not so mm-hmm. much some of the other governments in South America that have claimed to be socialist, maybe not quite with the arrows flung at the United States. Right. They're either pure dictatorships or, you know, they've got their hand out. They're just low economy. Um, you know, the, the, unfortunately, South America and some of those countries there just haven't come into the 21st century yet. Some have, but uh, but some of them haven't. They're still well behind in our own hemisphere. We'd, be do, we'd do ourselves well to, to focus on our own hemisphere for the next hundred years as opposed to Europe. Well, uh, there you go, and the Chinese making inroads not only in sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. but even in our own hemisphere. All right, Mike, mm-hmm. thank you, sir. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. CBS News military analyst, retired Army Major Mike Lyons, live.